This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Two teens went missing from a local town. She had been strangled, her feet and hands bound. A body has been found. Police are looking for any leads. Hello again, and welcome to Serial Killing, a podcast. I am Alyssa Carroll, and this is Murder in the News for February 14th, 2019. Our first story comes from about 140 miles southeast of Kansas City, Missouri. 40-year-old Amy Murray is a prison nurse. She was married, and she and her husband have an 11-year-old son together, as well as two family dogs. At some point, Amy began an affair with an inmate named Eugene Claypool, who was serving his sentence in prison for the first-degree murder of an elderly man who had won the lottery. The affair had lasted for some time, and during a recorded phone conversation between Amy and Eugene, she told him that she wanted to divorce her husband. Then, one day, she decided to take matters into her own hands. She poisoned her husband with antifreeze. Then, after he laid down in bed dying, she set the house on fire. She then took their son and both dogs to McDonald's. She later told police that when she returned from McDonald's, the house was completely engulfed in flames, and she couldn't enter the house to see if her husband had made it out alive. Her husband was found dead in the master bedroom of the couple's home. After her husband's death, during another recorded phone conversation in the prison with Eugene, she told him that they could now get married because her husband was, quote, out of the picture. She also talked to Eugene about getting him an attorney to see if she could get him released from prison early. She was arrested and is being charged with first-degree murder and arson. Amy is in jail and her bond is set at $750,000. Houston, Texas. 73-year-old Stanley Spiegel, who was described by his family as a great husband and father, as well as a successful businessman, that he had been battling depression for a few months. So he checked himself into the Houston Methodist Hospital and there he was awaiting an ambulance to take him to the Menninger Clinic. He was last seen leaving the hospital building, going down a staircase and toward the intersection of Berner and John Freeman. From there, he just disappeared. His body was found the next morning at a construction site near Children's Memorial Hospital, and it appeared that he had died from blunt force trauma to his head. Foul play is suspected, and the investigation continues. South Florida. Florida up-and-coming rap star, 19-year-old T.N.W. Melly, whose real name is Jamel Demons, with no known motive yet, staged the murder of two of his best friends to make it look like a drive-by shooting. Jamel and another young man shot their two friends, then drove them in a Jeep to the emergency room at Memorial Hospital Miramar at 4.35 in the morning. Both boys were pronounced dead at the hospital. Jamel was not driving the vehicle. When both young men were questioned, 
their stories were inconsistent and didn't match discoveries made at the scene where the supposed drive-by occurred. Just southwest of Knoxville, Tennessee. In 1973, 43-year-old John Constant Jr. was working as a truck driver. His body was found in his semi. He had been shot 17 times. John was known to keep careful notes regarding his day-to-day -day activities, as this is required of truck drivers. However, some of those activities included transporting untaxed cigarettes and stolen merchandise for the, quote, Dixie Mafia. Now, 46 years later, a witness to the murder, who was dying from a terminal illness, decided to give the police a tip on the cold case which ultimately led to the arrest of Max Calhoun. He was indicted last week without bond. His lawyer says that he will plead not guilty. Salem, Massachusetts. Back in 2015, Axel Schurer and his wife Edie had been separated for about a year. Axel filed for divorce stating his wife had lied to have him hospitalized so that she could empty their joint bank accounts. Despite that, Edie tried to help her husband during their separation. Axel was an electrical engineer who was considered brilliant in his field. One day, Edie found out that Axel had skipped a therapy visit, so she attempted to contact him but got no response. So, Edie called the police to do a welfare check on him. They found him sleeping in his apartment unharmed. Edie then invited Axel to come spend some time with her and their children at their family home, to which he agreed. That night, on November 16, 2015, Axel strangled his wife with his hands, as well as with the drawstring of the hoodie she had been wearing. Though she survived the attack initially, she was removed from life support five days later. Axel was diagnosed as bipolar and suffered from psychosis. This week, the jury rejected his insanity plea, and he was found guilty of second-degree murder and has been sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 15 years. Their children are being raised by Edie's sister. Minnesota, just north of Minneapolis. 46-year-old Matthew Jansen and his wife Mary Jo's marriage was in trouble. Back around Thanksgiving of last year, Mary Jo served Matthew with divorce papers. However, while the divorce was being processed, the couple decided to stay in the home together. Sometime in the next month, there was a, quote, incident that led to Matthew's firearms being removed from the home. What that incident was has not yet been released. Recently, Mary Jo stated that she was moving out of the home this past Saturday. Matthew purchased a 44 caliber gun from a local retailer. Then, last Friday night, he pointed the gun at her and shot her in the head and neck, killing her instantly. He then called 911 and reported that he had killed his wife by shooting her. He told the operator that the gun was no longer loaded. When the police arrived to the home, they found Mary Jo's body in an upstairs bedroom on the floor. There were two spent 44 caliber cartridges in the bedroom.
When questioned, Matthew told the police, quote, I guess I don't have to worry about a divorce. He is being held on a $1 million bail and charged with second degree murder. And finally, in Connecticut. The woman whose body was found last week, stuffed in a red suitcase, hands and feet bound, was identified as 24-year-old Valerie Reyes. She was known to have depression and anxiety issues and went missing on January 30th. The cause of her death is not certain at this point, although they have stated the murder happened in her residence, but an arrest has been made in the case. A man whose name, who's not yet been released, but sources say is Javier De Silva from Flushing, New York, and is also an illegal immigrant from Venezuela. He was a former boyfriend of hers, and he was caught using Valerie's ATM card. Valerie's mother stated that her daughter had begun to show signs of paranoia just before she disappeared. Quote, she was very scared, very frightened, and I'm afraid someone is going to murder me, her mother told the Rockland Westchester Journal News. This has been Murder in the News. Thanks for listening. Music by Kevin MacLeod on Incompetech.com.